Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss Welcome to the Star Companion Podcast. My name is David. And I'm Zach. And uh, we are a Star Trek, the premier Star Trek podcast. Still keeping with that. That's and, right. Um, our mission, if you don't know already, is to boldly trek through every episode by star date. Yeah. And uh, we're in the middle of Star Trek Enterprise Season 1. That's right. Um, and a little... House cleaning for all of you people who've been along on the way. Sorry for the new ones that are here. Welcome. But uh, you, uh, as David said, we're the Star Trek Enter- we're the Star Trek uh, podcast that covers them by start date. You can email us at thestarcompanion at gmail dot com. We're on all major podcasting platforms. We're also on YouTube. We got some live stuff. If you want to see what David and I look like. Go to YouTube.com and search The Star Companion. That's right. And if you want to see some sick cross-dissolves that I've done in Premiere Pro, you can check us up out on YouTube as well. That's right. You can cross-dissolves. That's right. So, Enterprise, Enterprise gang. What, gang, um, what was I saying? Some. Oh, yeah. So if any one of you lovely, lovely people out there would like to donate to the podcast, your favorite, the Premier Star Companion podcast, Right. All I'm asking for is one dollar, one dollar, and $1, we $1, will, $1. we will review Cyclone with with your boy Jeffrey Combs, <laughs> aka Commander Shran. And uh, if someone wants to donate another dollar, we will review Reanimator with, uh, with Jeffrey Combs, also Commander Shran. That's all. That's all we need. And in episode nineteen, two episodes after this one, mm-hmm. he plays a Ferengi. Nice. And uh, I can't wait for that. You know, just God bless that dude. I'd like to. <laughs> I'd like to take this moment to just say Jeffrey Combs is a goddamn saint, and I fucking love him. And he's <laughs> the best character in all of Star Trek, and like the all seven, eight characters he plays. 
That man That's is awesome. an actor, son. Zach loves Commander Sh- or Jeffrey Combs. I uh, my main goal here with this podcast, I've realized, is not only to take you guys on this journey, star date by star date, episode by episode, with my best friend David here, but to meet the man and the legend. Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> I want to meet. Uh, I want to meet Scott Bakula. Oh, dude! Yeah, I want to meet actually. that dude so bad. And What's I up, you like, fucking ham? I, I feel like I he's the right right level of celebrity for us to meet as well. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. He's def He's not a list, or maybe he is. I don't know because he's on he's on CSI <laughs> now, right? He's on NCIS, dude. NCIS. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so maybe he is an a lister, but I feel like he's accessible still. He's still accessible because he's not like Brad Pitt and Quentin Tarantino, you know, like Yeah. He's not Meryl Streep. No. And you but, know, again, you know, he was ahead. made he was made for the role of Captain Archer. Which implies right. that, that he may be somewhat of a ham in his real life as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've heard nothing but amazing things about Scott Bakula and you know uh, I am in the market for a father, so <laughs> if dad wants to be my dad, I could I could roll with that. <laughs> but we digress. So That's we're right. on episode 17, Fusion, Star Date Unknown of Star Trek Enterprise Season 1. That's right. And uh, in this episode, the crew of Enterprise meets a group of outcast Vulcans who embrace their own emotions. <laughs> oh. I got a new dog, everybody. His name's Ringo. You may hear him in the background. Hey, bud. Uh, you know, and to bring you guys behind the curtain here a little bit. It's Wednesday night, and we're recording this, and everyone brings out their trash cans for Thursday morning trash pickup. And uh, Ringo being in a new home, he um, he's not used to all the sounds. Excuse me, amigo. Would you mind? And again, this is why we are this the premier Star Trek podcast is because we we also interweave real life, and uh, we refuse to edit these moments out of the podcast. Yeah. And for those of you watching the video, this is Ringo. <laughs> Here he is in all his glory. Maybe this will keep him from barking out loud. My favorite beetle. We'll find out. Yeah. He's not Anyways. even the best drummer in the band. Anyways. <laughs> <He's the best laughs> they meet a group of outcast Vulcans who embrace their own emotions, leading to trouble for T'Pol. Jonathan Archer shows T'Pol his first textbook of astronomy. He's happy that he'll be seeing the Arachnid Nebula, something he's wanted to see up close since he was a child. After T'Pol inquires why his astronomy book is property of Admiral Johnny Archer, <laughs> Captain's <laughs> reply regarding his high hopes is interrupted by the arrival of a vessel with the Vulcan warp signature, Fusion Enterprise, and the Voclis on the bridge. The Voclis. Archer, Archer doesn't recognize the type of vessel. T'Pol explains that the vessel is a design not used for some time. The vessel hails... Enterprise and then identifies itself as the Voclis. The captain, Tavin, knows of the Enterprise and Kreetarch Marmalade, surprising everyone on the bridge. And he reveals the himself as being, or actually he doesn't reveal himself, but T'Pol reveals later that he's of a sect called the Vatash Kator. 
and they're um and uh their Couture literally means Vulcans without logic exactly it, that's what it means and um basically they're Vulcans who haven't you know they haven't really cast aside logic completely it's just they kind of embrace their emotions alongside logic and so um you know it, they they show up and to Paul's a little uncomfortable at first but Archer kind of suggests that she should keep an open mind and maybe interact with these guys a little bit and so she mm-hmm. does and she starts interacting with this fucking scumbag Talaris yeah what a douche huh? he yeah. comes off so douchey dude he um he really projects that uh I'm a cultured coxman face you know what yeah. I mean yeah. And um I I don't I can't I don't know if it's uh I don't know if it's it, it may be a little bit of uh, overacting on his part. <laughs> yeah. Cuz his face is it, he just does that the whole fucking episode. And He's it's like, a smug right, little fucker. Smug That's right. little fucker. Yeah. So, you know, I I have an early qualm. Yeah. And it is is this the Earth vessel Enterprise? Yes, dog, can you read? It says it on the side of the thing. <laughs> And XL one baby. It's pretty obvious it's the Enterprise. It says it in fucking letters as large as my house. <laughs> um, and uh, anecdotally, I call this episode the Rogue Horny Vulcan episode. Yes, because <laughs> that's for sure what's going on. That's right. So, so basically, you know, to Paul and Talaris kind of develop this little relationship, kind of. Um, I think it's it's sexual on his, on his part, but on her, on to Paul's part, I think she kind of just goes with it, you know, because she's not mm-hmm. used to. She's she out of not... she's out of her comfort zone. Yeah, totally. Um, but he he kind of convinces her one night to not meditate because she she meditates nightly, mm-hmm. and um, this you know forces her forces her to have dreams, and that night she dreams about going out on the street. Of San Francisco. Uh, to, to San Francisco, it's later revealed. Um, it's actually a memory. She's recalling a memory of when she lived in San Francisco and went out one night to 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 watch some jazz flute. She hears, she hears jazz, and it's wild and crazy. It's wild and crazy. I mean, it is the future. I, I didn't think acid jazz would last that long, but <laughs> apparently it has. <laughs> um, but also in the dream. Nice. Um, Talaris kind of, you know, kind of... He weasels his way into that dream. And then yeah. they, they end up hooking up in it. She wakes yeah. up next to him. Yeah, and, and it, it she she kind of jolts awake back into reality before they start having sex. And mm-hmm. I was, I'm wondering at this part, I wonder if, I'm, I wonder if he, like, developed a telepathic connection with her before they do the mm-hmm. mind meld. Because... I must, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Because it is, it's just kind of suspect that he shows up and starts having sex with her, or tries to start having sex with her, and then later on, you know, when they try to do the mind melt, he gets all angry and shit. Um, I I agree, I agree, and so it's interesting because I think this episode is an allegory for um, free sex, you know? Yeah. Because by not dreaming, you have—I mean, by not meditating, mm-hmm. you have more of a sexual drive if you will um mm-hmm. beyond the every seven year pon far that vulcans generally get horny <laughs> pon far <laughs> pretty sure that's what that's called you know I, I actually have a i have a note on 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 here about that <coughs> okay. so 
every seven years, I mean, biologically speaking, like what, what's the effect of that? Like, I know the Vulcans are all about logic and shit, but I mean, you know, every seven years is the only time you guys are allowed to copulate and have sex and make kids. Like, it seems like uh, you're kind of thinning out the herd unnecessarily there. Like, does that really make sense on a biological level? So I think it does if you reach a certain level of population. The Vulcans have been around for, you know, thousands and thousands of years on Vulcan. True. It took them thousands of years to figure out that they didn't need, that they needed a life without emotion, that they didn't, that they needed logic. And um, yeah. so the whole, it, it's interesting you're bringing this up because later on in this series, she ends up going through Ponfar. Oh, really? And, yeah, it gets pretty intense. You're like, oh, shit. And then um, beyond that, and so Ponfar is like the purging of all logic, and they become strictly like sexual, emotional beings. Right. And so I think by keeping it all inside and that one crazy let go becomes Mm -hmm. pretty powerful. And furthermore, um, all I'll say is is that so the mind meld is is outlawed amongst Vulcans at this current moment. Yeah, it's like an ancient practice, right? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. super like illegal, and so it becomes a major plot point later. That's right. And so this, I mean, building off that, this is the first appearance of the mind meld in the canon. Mm-hmm. I mean, going by star date. Correct. And I, I can kind of tell that this is this is kind of like a precursor for later. I think I think probably T'Pol's going to use it at a future date. You know. I won't tell you, and I won't ruin it for the guys. Maybe I'll tell you off here if you like. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. It but becomes, I think, yeah, I think she'll use it as a weapon later, definitely. Or maybe not a weapon, but just like a, you know, something that she can use to extract information from somebody for. Yeah. Who knows? Mental waterboarding. Yeah, exactly. So, so after this little dream sequence, she wakes up and tells Dr. Flox that she's not really feeling too well. She kind of reveals a little bit of of what happened to Dr. Flox, and he tells her to take it slow because, you know, these guys have been at it for eight years now, and she's kind of just jumping into it, just kind of willy-nilly, you know? Uh Uh-huh. Doesn't Flox even even leave it open? He's like, no, keep it open behind, you know? Yeah, everybody's like, yeah, go for it to Paul. (laughs) Chill out, dude. You're with humans. Um. So she she kind of heeds his advice, but she she ends up going back over to to the what's the name of the ship again the the Valkus the Vaclis um the Vaclis the Vaclis. So she goes back over there and um, Talaris asks her about her dreams and and persistently convinces her that she should continue the practice. Mm-hmm. And so they end up in her quarters later that night, and uh, that's when he introduces the mind meld and he puts his. He puts his, his his dirty fingers on her face, which... Yo, uh, those hands were nasty. Yeah, it's like, dude, you didn't think about washing your fucking hands before you started filming? <laughs> Not just him. Everyone. Yeah. yeah. How many people were involved in that shoot? They weren't like, damn, yeah. bro, your nails is dirty. You needed to cut those. What, were you rock climbing? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck maybe happened? They, maybe they wanted him to come off with like more of a dirty hippie vibe. A grimy, you know? yeah. Probably. Yeah. Um, so anyways, he touches her face. Free love, man. Free love, man. <laughs> um, I wanted to come up with a pond fire pun there, but I'll, I'll save that for later. Um, so anyways, she, he, he mind melds with her, 
and evokes this memory again from her and um, he keeps trying to coax her to go deeper and deeper with the dream and you know it's like he I, knows yeah it's like he it, it's it's exactly like he knows and i think that's why to paul becomes uncomfortable is because she's just like this dude is gonna like try and fucking rape me you know so straight up that's fucking mind rape dude it is 100 percent. it was total fucking mind rape and it's not cool it's not fucking cool um and so she becomes increasingly uncomfortable with the mind meld <laughs> And uh, Talaris is like, no, just keep going. And he kind of, like, grips her face a little bit harder. And she finally, like, pushes him away. And he he kind of leaves. He's like, there could have been so much more to this. And, and she crawls to the communicator to call for Dr. Phlox. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the next scene, um, Archer gets wind of this. And he gets upset. And he summons Talaris to his quarters. And he starts berating him about assaulting T'Pol, which classic dad move right there you know you're not gonna Mm. fucking get over on my on my crew here dad's a fucking vanguard let me tell you something (laughs) okay you didn't even ask for permission yeah it's tavin right talaris oh talaris okay yeah you didn't ask for permission talaris and you know take her out on a date first you fucking filthy bastard yeah (laughs) And, 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 uh, you know, dad, you think dad kind of plays this like one unidimensionally, you know, he's just like, he just kind of calls Talaris into his office. Well, Talaris starts beating him up and throws him against the wall, but Archer produces a phase pistol and says, get the hell out of here and take your Vulcan friends and get on your merry way. And so they get off my ship, get off my goddamn ship. And, um, so they go on their merry way and, uh, T'Pol visits T'Pol later, and he confesses that he understands now why the Vulcans have such a high respect for for logic, you know, because he can see the depths mm-hmm. of depravity that they can go to, and um, mm-hmm. T'Pol kind of confesses that she also, she, you know, she envies that humans have the ability to dream, and that's how the episode ends. Yeah, I mean, so this is a pretty cool episode, I think. I love it. Um, there's a lot of concepts going on here. It's pretty, it's pretty rich with ideas and lore and, you know, philosophy of what makes a Vulcan a Vulcan and, yeah, you know, all of these things. And it's really just kind of a captivating expose into kind of what makes T'Pol T'Pol. You learn a little bit more about T'Pol and, yeah. um, you know, to... Jolene Blaylock's credit, the actress who plays DePaul, you know, I think she might be, she's for sure top two Vulcans, and I think in all of Star Trek. I think so as well. She she nails it, man. She fucking nails it. And so she keeps a system of alternative uh, episode titles. Really? Uh, yeah. And this one, to, to like focus on certain facets of identity, I guess, between each episode. Yeah, and, th- and this one she called Stone, because she attributed special characteristics um, to this episode representing strength and weakness. One stone may be where you are presently, and one for what you will learn, and another for what you aspire to, and that's some of how Tapal will grow. And so, 
when you kind of break down from an actress standpoint, it's like, oh my God, she not only nails it as an actress, but nails it as a Vulcan and gets so deep into the role that she creates sort of a mythos for herself and the character. Yeah. And that, and you know, building off of that, I mean, it just shows that she, she had an aesthetic going into this Mm -hmm. show about Mm -hmm. what she wanted to do. And that's why, like you said, top two Vulcans, man, like she just nails it again and again. Like she, she rarely shows emotion, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. She's even got scenes of like kind of humor with the the Spock, like raising the eyebrow. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And you're like, wow, dude, you, you crushed the shit out of this. She did her homework before she started doing this show for sure. Mm -hmm. And then, on top of that, there's this whole, uh, well, I mean, before I get into that, um, I, th- I think it, this episode kind of humanizes or, or vulcanizes the Vulcans, humanizes oh, yeah. them, sure. whatever. But I mean, it's like, you know, you think of Vulcans as like high and mighty because they respect logic and they kind of throw it around, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, braggadociously, if they, I mean, in a very subtle braggadociously way. Um, but um, you see why they do it because, you know, if, if they let their emotions get the better of them, they, I mean, they... They're fucking deviants and savages. Yeah, man. And, like, worse than probably some humans, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I say some. I was going to say all, but but some, <laughs> for sure. Um, and I think that's, I think that's a really, I think that's why this episode is great. Um, or one of the reasons why it's, why it's great. I agree. What was the uh, what was the other thing you were going to get into there? Well, the other thing I was going to say is there's this whole subplot that we didn't discuss, and it's um, there's this other guy who comes on board, and his name's Kav, and he's the he's the engineer. Yes. And um, yes. there's this whole subplot of of you know the Vulcan High Council, you know, sent a transmission to Archer asking him to talk to Kav to to get back to his dad on Vulcan who has, who hasn't spoken to in like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, trip kind of convinces him that, you know, Hey, since you're on this journey of, of trying to find your emotions and trying to come, come to terms with your emotions. Um, one of the big emotions that people, that people who experience emotions feel is, is regret. And, regret. Uh, you shouldn't, you should talk to your dad, you know, even if, even if he hates you and he said all that bullshit <coughs> about you, you know, you're yeah. going to regret it later on. Yeah. Um, and uh, that the guy who plays him is such a little like, oh, did you mean that? Yeah. You know, he's kind of a little. Uh, a little Vulcan incel. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um, <laughs> you know, and I get having the conviction, but uh, that. The Vulcans with emotion, these guys, the whatever, Vaar. The Valak Katar. The Valak Katar really come across as like children. Vitash Katur. Vitash Katur. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, really come across as childlike. Yeah. You know, it's a real kid move to be like, no, nah, fuck dad, man. I don't care if he's dying. Fucking die anyway, bro. Um. <laughs> You know, and so, anyway. I'm going to go on this ship and hang out with my buds for eight years. Fuck you, Dad. Fuck you, Dad. I'm going to smoke weed. I don't need school. I'm going to get in touch with my emotions. 
like... Getting laid every seven years. Fuck that. I'll never get laid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. But, uh, you know, this is, this was a good one. Yeah, altogether a really good episode. And, uh, you know, on top of that, they get to chart out the Arachnid Nebula. So, up yours, Archer's uh, astronomy teacher. Admiral Johnny Archer. <laughs> That's right. Um. All right. Are you good? I'm good, yeah. Okay, you look good. Thanks, man. You For too. those of you who want to see how good he looks, you can check us out on YouTube. Um, just search the Star Companion and uh, <laughs> send us an email at the Star Companion at gmail dot com. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. You can donate one dollar to Patreon dot com. Patreon dot com slash the Star Companion. And for your single dollar, we will review the great. Jeffrey Combs in You Move Your Body Like a Cyclone Cyclone, the nineteen eighty seven what I assume is to be an awful reproduction of a science fiction story. <laughs> and for two dollars, we will yes, we will review Reanimator. You know you want to hear us do it. I love <laughs> bullshit science fiction movies and I love Jeffrey Combs, it's bound to be a winner. Give us a dollar, a single dollar. <laughs> One dollar. Yeah, and that first person that does send a dollar, I'll totally write a handwritten letter. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, send us your send us your yeah. address. We'll write you a letter as well. <laughs> uh, I will definitely uh, put on some lipstick and kiss it for you. <laughs> i get the dog to do it too. Yeah. Um, all right, well, uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. And uh, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Wait for